The Lord has laid in my heart to read this evening from his holy word from Matthew chapter 25. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 25. And I would like, with the help of the Lord, to start with verse 25. This chapter picks up from a parable that the Lord was telling about an individual who was offered currency, a talent, to multiply, as we do in business. And that servant had buried the talent. And one thing I would like for us to focus on tonight is fear of death. Fear of death. Matthew chapter 25, verse 25. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But for him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing teeth. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and he visited me. I was in prison, and he came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, 
prepared for the devil and his angels. I was a hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Do we fear death? Are we afraid to die? That is something we have to honestly ask ourselves. Are we afraid to die? It's not that often that we get to see what's coming in our future. It's not that often that we get to see for sure what's ahead. Many times it's the unknown and not being prepared for the unknown that often we perhaps struggle with. But here in this chapter, God with his Holy Spirit had penned for us what's coming. It is spelled out clearly and in such a simple manner that we can easily understand what's coming. And he says, even in the previous chapter, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So we can be sure that what he says here is the truth, and it will not pass away. It will come to pass. What a blessing to know what is yet to come when it comes to judgment. And it is never my intention to use scare tactics to try and scare someone into being saved. But the reality, we have to face the reality that a soul that is lost, a soul that rejects the grace and love of Jesus Christ until the day he dies, Go to hell. That's scary. That's fearful. You know, brothers and sisters, we ought to be fearful for the lost, knowing where the lost, where they're headed. We can read graphic descriptions of, of what hell is like. There will be a time. Here, as we read, that the Son of Man shall come in his glory. And I want us to picture this this evening the Son of Man coming in his glory, what that will look like. 
May the, may the God's Spirit create that in your mind, what this will look like when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him. Then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. Powerful. Just even to envision what that must look like. Jesus Christ sitting on a throne with all the holy angels. And before him will be gathered all nations. All nations. That includes you and me. That includes all of us here. We, at one point in time, will be before the Lord in His throne. And then, He will start to separate. He will start to separate. And He shall separate them one from another. Now we sit here all together. We are together now. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're lost, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian. It doesn't matter right now with us sitting together. There will come a time where we will not be able to sit together. There will come a time when we will be divided between those that are lost, the unbelieving, and those that are God's children. We'll be separated And his sheep will be on his right hand, but the goats on the left. What is hell like? What is it like? It's not like those cartoons that you see out there where they they got a little devil cartoon with a little pitchfork. It's not like that. That makes hell glamorous. Those that were divided and put to the left. Were cast into hell. It says here, on them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. The Bible describes hell as an everlasting fire. Everlasting means it doesn't stop. It's forever. And it was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was not prepared for you and me, nor does God want any of us to be cast into hell. The Bible says that that God is long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. So what is hell like? Everlasting fire. Fire that doesn't go out. We know also that the devil and his angels are there. God won't be there. Other descriptions that we have 
are weeping. The Bible says there will be weeping, crying, and gnashing of teeth. And I'm sure that the gnashing of teeth is probably because of the torment that the Bible describes. It, they will be to- torment. It uses the word torment. And when I, when I look up the word torment, you know what came up when I looked it up? Extreme pain. Extreme pain. There's also another description of the Bible. If we think about what hell may be like. In Matthew chapter 9. Forgive me, that's the wrong chapter. The Bible describes hell as a place where the worm dieth not. And, and I believe the, the gospel reference to that it comes from the last verse in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 66. Perhaps we can look at that, where it gives a description of when Jesus said, the worm dies not. Isaiah 66, verse 24. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched. And they shall be abhorring unto all flesh. And we know that also even in the New Testament that the Bible describes hell as as the fire will not be quenched. And that the worm dies not. What does it mean the worm dies not? Here we have a graphic description of carcasses of men. Men that have died and their body is rotting. And because of the rotting flesh, there are worms, maggots. Awful. Only it won't be the flesh, the body but the soul. Are we afraid? Do we fear death? Are we afraid to die? That's something seriously to think about. Are we prepared for what is coming? You know, there was, perhaps I can relate to a point in my life where prior to my conversion, I had to face death. I had to face death on on more than one occasion. And facing death without Jesus Christ is a terrible experience. One to be feared. And I would like to perhaps share just a few so we can relate that how important it is 
your soul's destination. Where are you going after you die? Prior to my conversion, living a sinful life. You know, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. I had found myself at one point, after being beaten up, being pinned down to the ground with a knife to my throat. Death was right there. Hell was on the other side. And the pressure of that knife on my juggler vein was so much that I had a bruise on my neck for well over six months. A little more pressure I would have experienced a judgment, hellfire. But you see, God is merciful and God is loving and he saved me from that. I was right there at death's door. But God saved me and spared my life. But yet, I went back to a sinful life. Again, the wages of sin is death. The second time, I had to face death. I was taken by force and thrown into a car. And my captors had planned out, had a, a plan of, of what to do with my body. They were going to dump my body in the river. And, and after getting beaten and tormented, I remember that within myself I cried out to the Lord, God help me. Just as Peter was walking on water and he started to sink and was fearful, he called out to the Lord. He cried out and said, God, help me. And I I remember crying out and it was within myself. It wasn't audible, but it seemed so loud. God, help me. And again, he spared my life. I was immediately dumped off the side of the road. Facing death without Christ is fearful. It's fearful. It's empty. It's dark. I remember when I had that knife to my throat, the the darkness. It was just black. It's lonely. I don't want anyone here to go through that experience. It doesn't have to be so. And maybe perhaps we're thinking to ourselves that, you know, maybe we won't have any kind of death or near-death experiences. Maybe you won't, anytime soon, have to face death. But who do we serve now? Right now. The Bible says that we can only serve two masters. 
In the spiritual world, there is only good and only evil. There's only two. There's not this neutral guy in the middle that we think we're serving. In the spiritual world, there's only good and only evil, and you're serving one of them. You're serving one of them. Who do you serve? Today. If you're not serving God, you're serving Satan. With God, it's all or nothing. God wants our whole heart, our complete lives, not part of it. If we think that we're sitting on a fence, that fence belongs to Satan. All or nothing. In the Bible, there's a great description of of some that felt they were serving God, but Jesus had to tell them otherwise. In the Gospel according to John, chapter 8, verse 42. Jesus rebukes them. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, they had felt that God was their father. They felt they were serving God. But Jesus told them otherwise. If God were your father, you would love me. You would love me. Do we love God? can't be a partial love. We can't love sin and then love God. It doesn't work. It's all or nothing. If God were your Father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he that sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh of a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. Who do we serve today? If, if we serve the devil... If you're not serving God, you're serving the devil. And Satan seeks to destroy your life. Satan seeks to destroy the soul. He even seeks after the believers, the brothers and sisters in Christ. But we have divine protection. devil seeks to destroy. There is one God, one that is good, and that is God. When it comes to the evil world, 
there are many. There's Satan and his demons. There's a spiritual world that we cannot see that's working very hard to destroy lives. God knows that. God knows that. Hell is very real. It's awful. But God doesn't want us to go there. God does not want us to suffer. He loves us so much that he wants us to be there, right there with him at his throne, worshiping him. Second Peter 3.9, one of my favorite verses. As we read earlier that, that there's not one word of God that will pass away. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. We can be assured of His promise. He is long-suffering towards usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Think about that. God's will is it for every individual soul that has not embraced Jesus Christ, the soul that is lost that is not found inside the family of God, it's his will for every one of you to come to repentance. Here it says. That's beautiful. God in his great mercy, he loves us. He loves every one of us and doesn't want any of us to perish. He wants not only... But he wants us to serve him now. As the devil would destroy your life, even now, before you would ever face death. We can look at the opposite side, how God is wanting to love us even now. And willing to spare us from death. Where death will have no victory, nor sting. He wants to bless us even now. I used to be like that that boy sitting there, and if we even look at the the books, you can see the expression on his face. He's scared. He's scared. He's in a corner in the dark. And he looks very scared. That was me at one time. And now we have the beautiful blessed assurance that, that we have in our, in our verses in our text. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Beautiful. And his perfect love casteth out fear. So we don't have to be afraid to die. May the Lord bless this word this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.